0: and welcome to I love it don't you the podcast where friends share with friends whether they like it or not I'm Elizabeth
1: I'm Kim and I'm Janelle
0: this week uh it was my turn to recommend and I got Kim and Janelle to watch Broadchurch for the first time we watched the first five episodes if you haven't watched it you should really go check it out or else this episode is going to be very confusing. <laughs> That's all I can say about it.
1: Give us a basis premise. Okay, okay. Let me try
0: here. I hate describing things.
1: You want me to give us a basis premise?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you do that?
1: Okay. So it takes place. A little boy is missing and murdered in the first episode. And it is about the solving of this murder in a small town in England by the coast. Line. Mm -hmm. That is your very, very basic premise so that we don't give too much away.
0: Yeah. That's perfect.
2: Well, and it's the two lead investigators on it. Ellie Miller is all ticked off because she comes back from vacation and doesn't have a surefire promotion, which was given to Alec Hardy, who is this Scottish guy played by David Tennant, who came in and um, he has a mysterious dark past. We don't know anything about it yet, but...
0: (laughs) He's also very like eccentric and has these weird antisocial quirks. I would say
2: the two of them really don't get along.
0: No, because she's very social and friendly with everyone, and he does not get it at all. <laughs> 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 anyway, okay, so that's pretty good. Is there anything else okay. you want to add to your description, Joe? No, I think that
2: I just know that <laughs> their relationship okay. is super important to the plot.
0: Definitely. Okay, so let's start with just first impressions, and Janelle goes first.
2: I guess a good way to describe this is that I was super bummed that we delayed recording because I really wanted to watch the rest of the five.
0: <laughs> oh, that must have been so rough.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: so, because it's something each one of the episodes builds off of each other, and there's typically some kind of twist or something, but not it's not like an overly dramatic M. Night Shyamalan twist just something that adds a new layer to the mystery every episode. So it's hard to stop watching. I mean, I really liked it for a lot of reasons, but that alone was the mystery catches you. That's awesome.
1: And Kim? Um, Well, I think as you probably caught on pretty early being that I was texting you within like the first 20 minutes of me watching it, having guesses on who it might be that I was pretty into this from the get go. So yeah, that my first impressions, like I, it's a very intriguing mystery. And I really, really was drawn in from the very beginning and still am drawn in. I waited to watch it. I started it yesterday so that that wouldn't happen to me and finished the fifth episode 30 minutes before we recorded so that I wasn't like super tempted.
0: Yeah, I started it this morning and even though I've already watched it and I know I love it and I know what happens, I still want to go on and watch this, the next episode. Like, that's probably yep. what I'll be doing tonight is re-watching it. I'm so excited that you guys like it. I was pretty confident that you like it because, I mean, I do think, like, objectively that it's just really good writing and really good acting. But you never know. So that makes me really happy. And um, I've kind of been struggling with how to lead the conversation. Um, I don't want to give anything away. So, I guess... Although
1: we will talk about what has happened in the first five episodes.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, Like, that will, will
1: be. be spoiled. We won't go... We yes. will try not to let Elizabeth go past that, because Janelle and I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't want to be spoiled.
0: I'm going to try to be very, very careful.
1: But we will definitely talk about what has <laughs> been happening in the first five
0: One of the things that it has that I love so much, it's a very small town and everybody has secrets. And uh, it reminds me a lot about Lane Moriarty and Big Little Lies and how like it kind of unfolds and you learn new things about the characters and everything.
1: That was just kind of one thing at the very end of the first episode when Alec is giving like kind of the first press conference or whatever about it. And he's saying, we're going to find out if you've got something shady going on, we're going to figure it out. We're going to find out because we're going to solve this. Yeah. And just kind of the cutaway shots as he's saying that to kind of all these different people who have something to hide, whether they have something to hide in connection to this murder, we don't know, but they all Mm -hmm. are seeming a little shady and shifty. Yes. And I thought that was just very well done.
0: Yeah. Yeah absolutely. So, and there's been several things that have been revealed so far. I was watching the fourth episode and I was like, "Oh, I really hope they reveal Jack Marshall's story before the fifth episode ends cuz like that's going to be really hard not to talk about." So, Mhm. Is there anything that you guys want to talk about in particular like one of the secrets that we already know or a certain characters or dynamics? I just want to try to get y'all's opinion
1: or The Jack Marshall storyline I do think is interesting. And something that stuck Mm -hmm. out with me as an American viewer watching a British show is the fact that the age of consent is 16 versus 18 over here. Yeah. And how not only with Jack Marshall and the fact that he was a teacher and had fallen for a student who was a few months away from the age of consent and got in trouble and went to prison but he wasn't being forthcoming on what that was and it came out that he was sent to prison for sexual offenses with minors but not only does it come up there it comes up in the little boy who got murdered in his parents storyline yes Um, Danny the mom was
0: uh what's her name Danny and the mom... Like, Danny is the father's name. And I forgot what the mother's name is.
1: Danny's the little boy. Mark's the no, father. No, sorry.
0: Yes, you're right. I don't know why I said Danny. Mark. Um, uh, Beth,
1: that's- Beth is the little... Beth is the wife. Beth, yeah. And Beth was 15 when they got pregnant with their oldest daughter. And mm-hmm. Mark was 17. And then we also see that relationship age gap being um, revisited with the daughter that they had when they were that age, mm-hmm. Chloe. She's 15 and dating a 17-year-old who seems pretty shady and into some things. Yeah, But we don't really know what's going on with that. It's very interesting. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what they're trying to say about this. Because I really feel like they're trying to say something about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to me how much that subject matter is being reinforced and and coming up within these first five episodes.
0: Yeah, uh, especially in that one episode, like... And, like, I wonder if... I'm trying to figure out kind of how I feel about it, too. Because at the end, I can't help myself, at the end of episode 5, I feel a lot of sympathy for Jack. Like, it kind of breaks my mm-hmm. heart that he takes his own life at the end of episode 5. And, like, the conversation that he has with Mark about what he confesses about his relationship... And that he ended up marrying his people, and they had a kid together. And the reason that he was mentoring these boys is because he lost his own child when he was six. So they have this moment where they can share this pain, this, like, really unique pain that no one else... If you haven't lost a child, you don't know what that feels like, you know? Right. That was really heartbreaking to me. But then, like, also just... I keep reminding myself, like, he was 40, and she was 17. Like, that's a big difference between being... I mean, like, the law is the law, but it's still a big difference between being 15 and 17, you know? Uh, Like, Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know how
0: I feel about...
1: I had a lot of those same kind of thoughts and feelings. Like, I think they do it well in presenting it where you do feel sympathy for him. But at the end of the day, he still fell for a student who was below the age of consent, which is wrong. And still, even though... And this could be, like... Since we do come from America, in my mind, like, 18 is the age of consent. But even, like, a 19-year-old and a 40-year-old would be gross. And, like, a 40-year-old and a 17-year-old is gross. So I do feel Mm -hmm. sympathy for him and feel like he really loved her. But at the same time, it still grosses me out beyond, like, everything. I
0: agree. Yeah, it's really hard. Especially, like, when you when I picture how I I was at 17 and then, like, someone who's 40, the, the... How much experience you have is just, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. Do do you have any thoughts? I
2: don't know, man. It's so hard Mm -hmm. because typically I would think that too. But the way that he spoke about it was with so much sincerity. Like I would love to see the perspective of his now ex-wife. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know, man. It's so hard.
0: yeah exactly
2: provided that he wasn't like i guess i should say first of all they should have waited the two dang months you know for her to finally Mm -hmm. be at the proper age but i think that kind of love could exist she could have been like a super mature whatever age she was but i I don't know uh don't ask me that i didn't want you to sorry
0: Sorry, to know, But I feel like the audio that you're, you're giving us is exactly how I feel about it. Like, that's how <laughs> I have my conversation with myself, though. So it's, I, I get where you're coming from.
2: Well, it's like, uh, it, it's also, I think, probably maybe a little bit harder to look at it because when we're talking to Jack, Jack, right? Mm-hmm. Forewarning, I can't remember anybody's names in this show. Like, I just gave up because there's so many of them yeah but when we're talking to Jack he's significantly older now than when they first started you know started their relationship I don't know if that necessarily helps or hurts because now it seems like he's a mature like sincere person mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know it's so complicated yeah do <sighs> why you ask why do you ask sorry
0: we can move on to another another question <laughs> no okay
2: I was really excited to see that he was a good guy in this show, that he wasn't, you know, the murderer or whatever. Because this specific actor, this is the first time I've ever seen him not be a horrible person in something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because he was Argus Filch in Harry Potter, and he was, I don't even know this dude's name, but the guy in Game of Thrones who... Yes, uh,
0: Frey. Walter Frey.
2: Didn't he, like, command the Red Wedding or whatever it was called?
0: Yeah, he was responsible for the Red Wedding.
2: I haven't actually watched Game of Thrones, but I've seen clips and stuff. So, like, he's always played, like, a horrible person in everything I've ever seen him in. So to see him be, like, a really honest and kind of broken person was really kind of... I mean, it was sad, but it was refreshing, too. So I really appreciated that. Yeah.
0: I also thought it was interesting... I. I noticed this time around is uh do you guys remember this moment between beth and miller's son tom when she asked him for a hug because she misses mm-hmm. hugging danny so much do you guys remember yeah. this moment
1: i do remember that
0: and like that must have been such an awkward moment for tom but i think that they put that in because it also i think that they were also trying to make it this connection between Uh, Jack and mentoring those boys and wanting hugs from them because it reminded him of his son. Like that it's something that I don't know if it's actually something parents who lose children do, but I think that the writers were trying to say this is something that parents who lose children miss and try to find other ways. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But do you guys, did you all see that at all? Or do you think I'm just like...
1: I didn't make that connection like that moment stood out to me as I watched it I didn't make the connection until you said it but now that you said it that very much makes sense like that connection between her Mm -hmm. wanting that moment with Tommy because she misses her son and then what Jack Mm -hmm. was saying to Mark as he was explaining that he had lost his son
2: yeah no that was all very sweet I think the fifth episode was probably my favorite one of all of them it just had a lot of really good
1: themes throughout it this came up with me and elizabeth when (laughs) in the first 30 minutes i was already sure the dad did it and i still have strong feelings that the dad possibly could have done it but because he was just too nice and so if people are nice, like are nice on the outside i'm i'm pathologically suspicious of them (laughs) this is what i have come to determine with this show
0: (laughs) hmm (laughs) <laughs> Man.
1: It's hard to trust anybody too in the show, you know. That's true. Cause I also am getting weird vibes from the priest. And I can't remember if this is more because maybe I've actually seen something online about it oh. or not. Like, but I'm kind of like getting weird vibes from from the priest. See, this is the thing about
2: this show. I have zero idea who did it whatsoever. I only find reasons for people like logical reasons for the weird behind the scenes stuff that we see. So like the priest, I think his only deal is that he probably is infatuated with Danny's mom and the stresses of the job and everything, and the fact that he lives in a place that overlooks her house, I think is probably just driving him nuts. But I don't think he has anything to do with the murder. If he does, that's gonna bug me, cause I really like Arthur Darful. <laughs> Or Darville, I don't know how you say his name. I have a really weird theory that you guys might find far-fetched. You know, Nigel, the dad's, Mm -hmm. like, work partner or whatever? Right. And the woman that, like, always has her dog? I think she's Mm -hmm. his mother. (laughs) Um, Oh. Yeah, because, you know, the the talk that they have in in the trailer park where he's just like, I don't want anything to do with this, and she's like, well, you're stuck with me now. I have this weird sneaking suspicion, this might be, like, probably totally out of line, But I have this feeling that he was like a prison baby. Like, she was pregnant with him, gave him up for adoption, and then came back into town. And that's why they have a picture of her with her name as Elaine. I think she came back into town to Mm -hmm. figure out where he was. And then went away and came back with a new identity so she could be near him. But she's probably roped him into something that he shouldn't be a part of. But I don't think either of them have anything to do with the murder. Does this sound just like totally out of nowhere? (laughs) Or plausible.
1: I mean, I never went there, but <laughs> I just figured they'd gotten up to some shady crap together. Yeah. And she is very, very shady. She's so shady. But I don't know that I see them for the murder either. I still think it's going to be the dad. I think something went went on. And I think they threw him out there at the beginning and then kind of mainly took away suspicion but there still is like that couple hours that he doesn't have an alibi for and everything so I can't get it out of my head that it's him so anybody else I just whatever kind of write off uh and I think they're making them look so shady and that's why like I also don't think it's them because I think they're making them look too shady yeah no I don't think it's anybody that they've tried to make look really bad yet Right. In the back of my mind, kind of when I watch things like this, have like Veronica Mars in the back of my head because who they revealed to be the killer behind both of the big overarching mysteries for the v- first two seasons. Me personally, I never would have guessed it until the reveal and then you go back and you see how they put everything in place and we're revealing things along the way, but it did just come out of nowhere for me with both of the big reveals. And so like, I'm kind of, like, trying to see who they're giving a little information, but, like, not enough, almost, at least for first. Yeah. I don't know. I just... In overarching mysteries, I found myself very, very suspicious of everybody, and but and also suspicious of how it's being written, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Right. Just because I know from reading mysteries, from watching a lot of mysteries, like, there's certain things that kind of happen over, over, and again, and different ways that they try and throw you off, so... Like, that's what my mind, like, is going, like, what, behind everything. Part
2: of me, I should say, there is one person that I suspect, and I don't think that this is real, but I feel like there's probably more than meets the eye with the psychic guy. I have a feeling that he maybe had something to do with it. I don't know if maybe he just saw it, or if maybe he has a past with them that they don't realize, and Mm -hmm. this is a revenge slash get rich quick. Kind of scheme
1: or I, I don't know mm-hmm. but I don't think that we're done seeing him yet right well and Chloe's boyfriend also like I'm well I'm suspicious of everybody but Chloe's boyfriend also sticks out in my mind as one that I'm suspicious yeah of.
2: he was awful ready to like throw Jack under the bus and I don't know if maybe it's just because he had heard that that Jack was supposedly a perv and that was why he said the hugs thing like that Jack kicked him out because of not, him not wanting hugs Or if, I don't know. I don't know that I trust him. Yeah. Do you guys think Ellie's
1: son had anything to do with it? No, I don't think he had anything to do with it. I think him and Danny are into something Mm -hmm. that he knows about that will get him into trouble outside, probably has something to do with the $500, but that is a big missing clue that they need to know that these boys were interacting with somebody, maybe Chloe's boyfriend, and drugs. Maybe not. So Tommy knows a lot more than he's letting on. Tommy's information is going to be what helps them solve this, I think. I don't think he knows for sure. And he's afraid of getting himself in trouble. And he doesn't realize how valuable that information is. I
2: right. Think. I have a feeling that whatever he has is important. But... Mm-hmm. I think he probably, just to to go a little further with that point, I think he probably blames himself, maybe even thinks Mm -hmm. that he killed Danny, maybe indirectly or whatever, but I wouldn't be surprised if they pull the card and, like, he didn't actually
1: have anything to do with it.
2: I don't know, though. I don't want to blame a kid. (laughs) Elizabeth, you've been awful quiet.
1: Well, that's because she knows, so she can't say anything, so she's just letting us go. I know. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Which, but those are just great thoughts, great thoughts, guys. I just, you know, <laughs> that's all I gotta say, Yep, Yo, you know, yes, no, maybe, I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about the relationship between Miller and Hardy? Do you guys have any thoughts that you...
1: That's Alec, yeah. right? Yes. I adore it. Oh, good. <laughs> I do too. I think it's precious and, like, well, one, I love Alec. Oh, good. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't feel like that's a surprise. Again, we were talking about Kim's stereotypical people that she loves. Yeah. <laughs> and he fits in that. Like, he's a little rude, a little withdrawn. A little broken. He's a little broken. Very, very broken. He's also a little sarcastic in his own little way, dry way and I adore him and then I like Miller a lot too and I just I find it very interesting and intriguing them together and just like how in one way like she just can't stand him and in another way like she's trying so hard to like make him not be this antisocial person and like interact normally with people and yes. it's so super cute. Yeah. I adored the dinner
0: I was that's what I wanted to talk about I love the dinner so much and
1: I need more bromance between Alec and her husband
0: Uh uh-huh
1: I don't think I'm gonna get it but I need more interaction between the two of them yeah because when like he asked if she liked him and like could read her husband like a book (laughs) and then they just both start laughing that was so great yeah Um, but yes so, those are my gushing thoughts about that. So, now?
2: Mm-hmm. I think they're really funny, and I think the thing that I really like, I, I think we need to give a lot of applause to the actress who plays Ellie because she can do both. Like, she can do super sweet and happy and nice, and then also mm-hmm. like sad and sensitive and pensive and everything. And holy crap, can she do angry? like so well she can be tough tough. she can be so tough and she can Mm -hmm. turn on a dime and I think it's a fun character quirk that she's almost spoiled in a way because it's like as soon as anybody doesn't pay her the like happiness that she like like, gratitude that she thinks she deserves she just goes off like (laughs) she talks to Mm -hmm. people and I don't know maybe this is just a cultural difference but she gets away with saying so much to Hardy that I think we would have been fired for ages ago.
0: Well, I also think it takes a lot of patience. Well, not patience. I don't know. I think Hardy knows that he's difficult to deal with. So mm-hmm. her outbursts aren't something that's, like, unexpected for him. Right. Know, he's probably hurt a lot worse. He's oh, probably. probably like, he's probably surprised that she's stuck around this long.
1: Well, and Hardy feels that this is penitence, this entire job. Oh, yep. And he knows he came in and, in her eyes, took her position. So, like, I think he's giving her leeway because one, he I think he feels like he deserves to be treated like crap a little bit because yeah. he this failure in this other place is so heavy on him and he's so broken.
0: I love <laughs> my broken people. I know, Kim. <laughs> I know.
2: Okay, so I think some of my favorite moments in the series have got to be the last moments with Jack are like really really sweet and but they're sad. But I mean, as far as like my favorite like high point moments in the show, I think the best one to come thus far is when Miller is in Hardy's office right after she gets hit on by the the Sacco agent. <laughs> yes. And he's just like that's Flattering, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember which one says it but. but
0: then I love how she's like yeah but like he's a Saku agent like dirty hands you know I don't know where they've been <laughs> like, because like he examines like bloody gross things for the like crime scenes and I I love that it in this moment when they're like investigating to have just this break like this weird thing just happened to me and I need to tell someone and you're kind of becoming my person
1: I thought it was adorable it was like they just have like this moment and then there's like just this awkward and like back to work like there's yep. just this shift from like them having this moment of talking about this and now you're back to the guy that I don't know if I like and yeah. my jerk boss like
0: I really loved um when Miller invites him to our house for dinner like he's just like asked her to do something or pressured her to do something that really bothers her like I think it's
1: Having Tommy do the reconstruction.
0: Yes, I think that was it. And she's like, "No, I'm not going to ask him to do that." And she's like, "Just talk to them about. It. Just talk to him. Just talk to him." She's like, "Get away from me and come to my house for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Just come to my house for dinner." It's like, why would I do that? Because that's what people do.
1: <laughs> I love, I love how so she's much. like, "I don't, I don't so much want you to, but this is what people do. So do it."
0: Yes. Yeah. And then I love when he's like, "I don't really like first names. Like I'm talking to you, I'm looking at you, you know I'm talking to you. Why do I have to like and even know your name?"
2: <laughs> like, uh, well, it's so great. Here's the thing too that kills me. I like the name Alec. Alec is a nice name, but when David Tennant says the name Alec, it sounds really crappy. So I'm there with him on it. Yes, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I love the Scottish accents too, like. I think they're a lot of me fun. Me too. I love his scotch But how Jackson. he me. says Alec is just abhorrent. Like, it's terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he's doing such a good job. Um, he is.
1: He's so good. And I'm so glad that he actually gets to play, you know, his own accent. I was going to say, the accents did make it hard for me to understand sometimes. Yeah. And the Netflix that I was watching, I couldn't figure out where the turn on the closed captioning was so it was oh, like what man. did you just say and i'd have to yeah. go back
2: i didn't have so much trouble with the accents in this simply i mean i've watched a fair amount of bbc and i've listened to david like with his own accent before my thing was the acronyms like i never thought like i still have zero mm-hmm. idea what sacco is i mean i know what he does but i don't know what it stands yep. for so it's interesting to me to see the difference, the cultural differences there on something that we think is like really standardized and scientific and everything, like, you know, forensics, but that it's different in mm-hmm. another country. Which, I mean, of course it is. You don't think about it until you encounter it.
0: And in season two, you get to see more cultural
1: differences in the justice system. It's interesting. And that's all I'm going to say about Siet. Do we kind of follow this case like once it's been? I'm going to guess we find out who they accuse of as the murderer this yeah. season. Do we then like follow yeah. this case next, like next season into the justice? Yes, you do. Okay.
0: Season two, we do get to see that storyline play out, but there's also oh. an additional storyline. So it's not, okay. which I really liked. I really liked that there were two... It wasn't just this case again, like, I get to find out more stuff. So I enjoyed it. My mom didn't like season two. I mean, it was still really good. She just didn't like it as much as season one. And now there's a third season out, and I haven't seen it yet. It just aired this year, so I can't wait to watch that anyway. So that's one relationship that I just really love in the show, and I feel like those Mm -hmm. are the two people that you can trust from the beginning. Like, you can't trust a lot of the characters, or almost right. none of the characters, but those two, it's like, they're going to figure it out, you know? I think it's interesting to see Miller kind of changing from the beginning. She's like, no, Mark couldn't have done it. You couldn't have done it. And then she's like, well, maybe
1: I just don't know anymore. No, that's what I was just about to say. No, you can go on and expand on that. But that's what I was just like, right before you were starting, that's what I was trying to get out too. So, no, oh, I want to hear your thoughts on it, but... Yeah, so
0: it's just interesting how she's changing. And I think that's also drawing her closer to Hardy, mm-hmm. because she's like, I know he didn't do it. You know, like, she knows that he didn't do it. He know- She knows that he's going to find out the truth ruthlessly. And, you know, Danny was part of her life, too, you know? So she has right. to... So I feel like that's making her just look at everyone in, like, this different way. I mean, she's still social, you know? She's still... Is her, but she's also like, I just don't know anymore, you
1: know? So that's all I have. She's definitely becoming more cynical as we go through the season Mm -hmm. and seeing, and I think for her, a big turning point was the interview with Mark and finding out that Mark was lying Mm -hmm. and then finding out that Mark had cheated on his wife and all of this Mm -hmm. and realizing that there were these secrets that were in this town and not being able to trust for sure that Mark didn't kill his child, which Mm -hmm. she would have sworn to anything when this began. And I did think that interview scene, when he's being interviewed at the police station, is very fascinating to me because you see Mark keep trying to address her because he knows that she will believe him. Even as he's lying, he keeps turning to her. He keeps speaking to her and Hardy keeps asking him the questions and he keeps responding to Miller and you just see as it's going on Miller being saddened and Miller Mm -hmm. realizing that he's lying and the realizations and how this is affecting her. And so I just think that that's a like brilliant several scenes Mm -hmm. of him being interviewed and just kind of, because he knows like she's my friend, she believes me. Mm-hmm. And so like he's trying to address her and I just thought that was really well yeah. done.
0: I hadn't noticed that. I can't believe I didn't notice that when I was rewatching, so that's really interesting. Another character I really want to talk about is Beth. And how do you think like that actress is doing portraying the level of grief grief that the mother is feeling? Do you have any like general thoughts about her, dislike or dislike? Anything like that?
2: I think she's doing a really good job. And I want, I want to throw this out there. She was just announced as the first doctor, or first female doctor for Doctor Who.
1: <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's gosh. who the first female doctor yeah. is.
2: Okay, awesome. And so, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so in like the articles and everything, they were like, I, I don't know her, the actress's name, I can't remember what it is, but they were like, such and such of Broadchurch fame, is going to be the first female doctor. And I was like, okay, is... And I think, if I remember right, she doesn't have a super, like, extensive IMDb portfolio. So it's like, I didn't know if it was just like, oh, this is the only thing of note that she's done. But it's like, no, she's genuinely, like, a really good actress. Like, she's probably the only person in this that I've never suspected. And I would be heartbroken to see if she had anything to do with it. I concur. Yeah. I think she's done, like, a really good job, and it's, because grief isn't the same for everybody, and, I mean, I've never lost anybody as, you know, important as my own child or anything, but, like, you don't just have one solid emotion the whole time. Like, you're sad, you're angry, you laugh at things, you you do everything, but it's like everything's turned up to 11, and none of it feels Mm -hmm. right. I think she does a great job of portraying that, and holy crap! If she, if we could have some more scenes of her walking up into that Trollope's bar and, like, throwing glasses on the ground, <laughs> I would, uh, oh, my gosh, that would be the best thing on the planet. Yeah. Holy crap, that was my favorite thing.
0: I know. I really like that scene as well with Beth. Because you do see her go through a lot of emotions, you know? And, like, you see a lot of scenes with her crying and being overcome by grief. And it was nice to just see her really react to something with that much anger. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I say that's nice, but it's just like, it looks like she's empowered in that moment, you know? And I don't think that you get to experience a lot of those moments in her grief. I did feel a little bad for Becca. I know that she had an affair with another man's husband. I would have been scared (laughs) if Beth had come at me like that.
1: Two things real quick. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, the actress who plays Beth does an amazing job. Like from the very beginning of her realizing her son hasn't taken his lunch and searching for him and everything to the way that she's portraying the grief. And, and yes, I would be very devastated if they turn some switch around and she is who orchestrated it or, or whatever. But then also, Becca, I know I shouldn't like her because like, she slept with Mark and whatever. Mm-hmm. For some reason, she is coming across to me as very likable, yeah. even though... She slept with Mark. Her interactions with Hardy, and I have a hard time disliking her. I don't like that she slept with somebody's husband, mm-hmm. but I have a hard time, like, just disliking her character overall. For some mm-hmm. reason, she seems very, very likable. Harvey, like, I keep forgetting he's sick, and it hasn't really been revealed what he's sick with, has it? But we just know.
2: It hints that it's his heart, because every time whatever it is goes on, you hear his heart in the background. It seems like alcohol plays a part, and the fact that he doesn't say in that one episode, I'm not going to eat those, when she gives him the french fries. He says, I can't eat those. It makes me think that it's some kind of heart issue. I mean, is that what you get from it, or what do you think?
1: I don't know. My mind doesn't go medical stuff, so I just take at face value that they say he's sick and they haven't told us what it is yet. And and honestly, like, I keep forgetting that he's sick until, like, he collapsed and had to go to the hospital and was like, oh, yeah, he had that with his doctor, that meeting, whatever. Oh, yeah, when she sits there and says she doesn't want to have sex because she's afraid he'll collapse. Oh, yeah, he's sick. Like, so it's not at the forefront of my mind. It keeps... Every time it resurfaces, it resurfaces to me. So I haven't really picked up any clues that might be throughout the show because it's not something that is at my the forefront. Right.
2: I mean, the only thing that I've noticed is that he will flat out refuse stuff. So, like, he didn't want the second glass of wine either. And then right. later that night, which, if I remember, it wasn't too out, awful long after he has that second glass of wine, is when he goes home and collapses. Right. I don't think the potato chip or the, the they call them crisps, and so it's messing me up. The, the the chips or the fries or whatever they were, I can't remember if that was in conjunction with another episode or what, but, like, it's odd to me that he would refuse certain foods. That's kind of mm-hmm. where my idea from that comes from. And then also just the fact that,
1: yeah, we do hear his
2: heartbeat really loud when he has an episode.
1: Yeah. Like, the wine thing to me also could be the way in which it interacts with his medicine so that to me doesn't necessarily signify a heart thing because that could just be he knows he shouldn't be drinking a whole lot because of how it interacts with his medicine but then when he was having an issue he was reaching for medicine so I don't know like and I'm not a medically sciencey person so like my mind doesn't try and really figure out what's going on with him except for to like want to know when it gets brought up but like my mind doesn't really analyze it because it does not like science it does not like medicine stuff it just doesn't
2: (laughs) I don't know I don't feel like it's cancer or anything I mean I could be entirely wrong but like the way the doctor was telling him was it seemed more like you need to not be stressed it wasn't like you only have such and such
1: number of months left you know right So I don't know I hope we find out though Elizabeth do we find out
0: Yes, you do find out. You do find out. Do
1: we find out this season?
0: I believe you do. But I'm not one hundred percent sure. Yeah. Any final thoughts, slash, are you going to continue watching?
1: Uh yeah, I mean I'm definitely gonna continue watching. I wanna find out who who did it, if I'm right, if I'm completely off my rocker, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I might continue this afternoon, but I might I've gotten into a little bit of a different obsession, so which I'll talk about in a minute. Okay so it might not be this afternoon, but it could be.
2: I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely gonna keep watching this. It's It was really hard not to watch it, um, and I, I think it's really got me. This is my type of mystery. Like, I, I really like fun mysteries as well, but this is the type of stuff that if I'm gonna go look for a mystery, this is typically what I'm gonna go for, is
1: like a darker, more realistic one. This is a mystery show you watch for the mystery versus a mystery show you watch for the characters. That's
0: a good
2: point. Right. Well, and as opposed to like Mrs. Fisher's, Miss Fisher's has got like a lot of it's excitement. It's lavish. It's all this kind of stuff. Whereas this is like really grounded in reality. And it's so real. Like, you know, they had to have consulted people when making this. So I really enjoy
1: this. And Miss Fisher's, I watch for the characters. The yeah. mysteries are secondary, and I just I watch for Jack and Friday.
2: Yeah, but honest. we also have to say that this show would not be nearly as good if it weren't for the characters in it. Like, the mystery... The, right. Yeah. And the acting, right. yeah. The mystery is great, but it's, it's not great enough to carry the show. The people are what carries the show.
1: Yes, but there's still, like, more of the focus on... The mystery versus the characters. The mystery informs the characters versus, like, the characters informing the mystery. I
0: could see that. So, um, do you guys have any current obsessions?
1: Well, I've had a lot lately. Okay. We haven't recorded for a few weeks. So, the first obsession was I got into the author Kristen Hanna and read, like, three of her books in a week and kept texting Elizabeth so that now Elizabeth is reading one of her books. And then also The Killers came out with a new album last Friday uh, at the time of this recording, which is wonderful, wonderful. And so I've been listening to that a whole lot and just them in general. And then the obsession that I'm about to start has kind of started last night. Will and Grace is, as we record this, they are coming back after many, many years on TV tonight for the first time in forever. And last night was just like, I wonder if anybody's got that anywhere. Like the la- I feel like I've checked before and they've never been able to be streamed. But Hulu has all the seasons. So I've watched like the first three and know that like that's just more than likely the sitcom I will be watching uh, for a while.
0: Currently I am obsessed with the Cressley Cole Paranormal Romance series in Mortals After Dark. And I've already read all of the books. And right now I own all the audio books and I'm just re-listening to them. Uh this is not the first time I've done that, so <laughs> but I just love it so much. And um yeah, that's all I got going on right now. That's my only consistent Oh wait! I did start a new show called The Expanse. I'm watching it with my stepdad, so I'm not binge watching it. Uh, but it is so good. It's a sci-fi show, and usually their j- shows do are kind of like campy and cheesy. And but this one, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with campy, being campy and cheesy, but this one is so good.
2: That one was pretty popular with our with our patrons um, in Knoxville. Like it was constantly checked out.
1: Yeah. Uh, interesting. So, yeah, that's what I've been enjoying. Janelle, have you been obsessing over anything? Uh, not much. My time is really restricted for me to, like, actually be
2: obsessing over anything. So, I guess... I don't know. I've kind of been getting into Fixer Upper. Um, just because it's a home improvement show where they actually, like, make nice homes instead of, like, trading spaces where, like, some of them are just hideous. um, And... If I'm obsessing over anything, I guess it would be Cash Cab. I think I said that last time, but, like, I'm a, I am love trivia so much, and, you know, makes me feel like I have some worth in the world if I can, like, answer these questions. <laughs> so I've, I've been watching a lot of Cash Cab. Awesome.
0: Kim, what are we watching next time?
1: So I think what we're going to watch next time is The Good Place, which... Woo! Uh, was a new show last year. Michael Schur, who created Parks and Rec, so he created this uh, show. It stars Kristen Bell and Ted Danson, and it is um, Kristen Bell's character dies and goes to the good place. And so it is a show kind of about the afterlife and what that means in their reckoning of um, this world. And so we're going to watch the first uh, ten episodes And I fell in love with it because I love Kristen Bell and it is available on Netflix.
0: I'm really looking forward to that. If you want more I Love It, Don't You content, you can visit our website, iloveitdon'tyou.wordpress.com. And you can also find us on all our social media platforms. And if if you have a few moments, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. And thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.